Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're speaking with Tyler Williams-Green from The Outrunners, a London-based collective using running to give back to the community. Ben, welcome back. It's been too long. Mate, it feels wonderful to be back. Yeah. Uh, talking to you via the internet still. But soon we will, we will meet in person. But yes, it's thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me back because Jane's great. So, you know, <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, yeah, it's good. It's, you know, the house has got an extra person in it who seems to be pretty content if they're fed and, and regularly changed so much like myself um so yeah it's, it's good it's good it's, you know did some running well i was going to ask ben because now, now you obviously a father of two now is it have you, you are you carving out any room for this less activity my time is pretty much just looking after my first um yeah. because you know he she, my partner lucy she's looking after she's looking after the babe so yeah, it's um. I would say that all of my activities are evening based, which isn't my favourite time to do stuff. But yeah, um, you don't really have a favourite time anymore. Like favourite times are when you can be picky. Yeah. Think, oh no, I'm a morning runner. Like now I'm like, oh, whenever I can, runner. Like, yeah. So it's um, yeah. Most of it's been in the evening. I, I got out last night for a little, little uh, plod around in the heat. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good, man. I've been been in, enjoying it again and um. Nothing, nothing's fallen off of me. Um, Great. You know, the, the, the things that were bad are being worked on and uh, I seem to be playing, playing ball at the moment. So that's mate, good. That's, that is good, mate. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, um, it can kind of focus the mind, can't it? Like when you, when, you have, when you have very limited time, actually, I found that I can, yeah, I can do as much running as I've always done, but I just have to sort of take the opportunities um, where you find them. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's also being smart. Like I'm obviously tired, um, and there's no. There's, I mean, I'm not running further than five miles, and that's great. That's all I'm. All I need. I'm not thinking of adding loads of load, loads of. I mean, I've been. Doing, I did a couple of like thresholdy bits and pieces just to sort of feel alive, but um, <laughs> the rest of it's just. Uh, it's just nice to move. It's more than. It's more than that, and I'm not like, yeah. oh, I need to go and run really far or do anything else. Because, but oh, well, first, I wouldn't have the energy, and secondly, I probably would end up hurting myself. So, um, yeah, it's been. Um, it's good just to sort of it's, have those natural limits. Is quite nice. It takes the pressure off thinking like, oh, I should, should be, you know, using whatever time I have. I need to be smashing it. It's not. It's sure. just, it's, it's actually just quite nice to see whatever time I have is is it's good enough just to get out for a couple of miles. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I managed to get out on uh, 
on Saturday morning. It was my first long run uh, with kind of on my own for a bit because I've been lucky enough to go with um, mostly with my best mate George. And, and uh, it's funny, mate, when you when you uh, do these long runs on your own, isn't it? Because it's like it's a real test of self discipline because with nobody around to keep you honest, it's like, oh, I know I was meant to go with fifteen miles, but you know what? Like it would be quite good to be home, wouldn't it? And and then suddenly it's like, oh, I've done ten miles. I've, I've done like double digits that's the important thing right in the long run you've got to do double digits in the long run so uh, <laughs> but i was yeah i did actually manage to i went around beckenham place park in south east london which is really nice it's sort of one of these kind of old parks that used to mainly be a, a golf course for like sort of rich white men and there's now a park for everyone so it's this great kind of development and actually it's uh yeah they've got like a, a pond and stuff in there now that they've turned into like a sort of wild swimming place as well oh, so nice. it's, yeah i'd like to see more of these sort of these public spaces actually be public because there's, there's still too many sort of large private green spaces in london i think um uh but yeah no it was, it was good and i managed to uh, i managed to do the full 15 miles so i was i was quite proud of myself <laughs> no i think the other thing about um like a solo longer run is it is it you go through the emotions like when you're running with someone mm. the miles tend to tick away definitely in a sort of like nice mist of conversation or yeah whatever it is that you're you know nattering on about or you just get distracted by the other person or whatever yeah. and on your own you, you just it, it, it just like it puts a magnifying glass on everything like yeah. mile one to three fantastic <laughs> <laughs> and then like three to six ah, oh, do you know what yeah this is this is feeling good maybe i've got that little thing that's you know oh no that's, that's mm. fine and then and then you get to like you know eight to ten this is what why what come on get back in and then you always there's there's if you're lucky you find a, like a bit of rhythm again halfway through but then you're just yeah. like it's 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 weird how you sort of um but it also on on the flip of that it kind of sometimes feels like more of a success when you do do it i think so yeah i mean that's that's true definitely but i i, I agree with you i think um yeah you, you kind of earn every mile that when you do it on your own whereas if you're with a friend <laughs> you you can be like oh we've, we've been chatting now for you know half an hour and we've we've covered like four miles whatever and that feels like you know, effortless to a certain extent. We should catch up on a bit of news, Ben, shouldn't we? So I guess unless people have been living under a rock, they're going to be aware that the London Marathon uh, is no longer going to be a mass event this year. It's going to be elite only. We're around St. James's Park, I believe, sort of various loops of St. James's Park. So very different. But I think great that something that something is happening and still an exciting prospect because Koskai is there and Kipchoge is there and stuff. But um, yeah, very different. Yeah, it is very different. But I mean... <sighs> It's the most. It's obviously the 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 most sensible and uh, correct decision. I just think it was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting to read what he what Hugh had written in his statement about the amount of research that they'd gone into doing about ways of tracking distance and between runners and all these sorts of things. And it's really, I mean, you know, as we now live in a COVID nineteen world, it's probably sort of stuff like that that. Um, may well help races take place in the future so i kind of you know that sort of research was is obviously important i feel like they probably could have just you know made the call a bit earlier if people had started doing all their training in earnest and stuff like that but what are you going to do you can't cancel it unless you know you're really gonna cancel it no i think i said that there was a real desire to to put it on and i think that there are many factors aren't there not only that it's you know people have been training for it um but also like yeah it's the biggest single biggest uh charity fundraiser day 
in the world, yeah, isn't that's it? So massive, there's lots of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so it's now it's now you can now do your own virtual marathon, can't you? We, we were chatting about that offline. About um, I think we're going to do a podcast about how to run a virtual marathon PB because actually, in some ways, you know, you you can tailor your you can you know you could tailor your effort even more so than you could potentially in a in an organised race. Yeah, well, this is it. I think that your it may seem like a slight disadvantage, and it is if you're consider if you're. Um, uh, motivated massively by the crowds at London, which sure. is a huge motivator. But take that out of the equation, and you're able to run, especially those going for sort of good for age or championship times. You, you can you can um, you can you know sort of tailor the whole effort slightly more in your favour. You could uh, choose a little a, a flat fast route that you know. Definitely. Um, you know, get some pals involved to some to do some pacing. Um, you know, you can really sort of turn it into your own little. I think um, the, f- the flying V, the Kipchoge yeah. flying V. If you've got get yourself a car with a laser on the back, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, um, I'm sure lots of people are starting to think about that. If, if, if you know, like, yeah, like you say, like sort of competitive club runners. If there's kind of, if you could get kind of half a dozen together and, and you know, yeah, share the share the kind of front running aspect of it. And if you're all going for a similar time, actually, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of good. A lot of good marathon times that that come out of it, so that's um, yeah, that that'll be a that'll be a good thing, I think. Um, also saw that the North Downs Way One Hundred, Ben, which I don't know if you realise, but I ran that um last year actually. I kept it quite oh, yeah, quiet. I hadn't I hadn't picked up on that. So congratulations <laughs> for doing that. It's a great achievement. Yeah, well, last year the weather was it was perfect. It was like um, it was quite sort of cool. I think it, it was slightly humid in the middle of the day, but I mean on Saturday when it took place um last Saturday it was. Well, it was boiling, wasn't it? So, fair play to everyone for doing it. I actually think the yeah the finishing rates were quite, were quite low um, as a result of that. But um, yeah, really great to see that these events are still finding a way to to go on sensibly. I know that Centurion, who, who run it, um, took real precautions as as making it as socially distanced as possible. But obviously, in a hundred mile race, you haven't got the same proximity problem as you do at London. It's, it's yeah. the great. It's the great. Another great thing about an ultra race, you know. There's a uh, social distancing and, and mass starts aren't really a problem. And on on course, the field is so spread out. Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's kind of almost like just going for a run in the countryside for when sure. you're when you know when you're away. So yeah, I mean it's great. And and congrats to Sonny Peart, who um who was recently on the podcast actually, um who completed the completed the whole race. So that was you know pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's the first hundred miler, and um, not an easy hundred miler at the best of times. So yeah, in those kind of conditions, fabulous achievement. Yeah. Did he beat your time? Oh, don't know. Um, don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised uh, you haven't looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, well, Ben, we should probably get our, our guest of the week on. Yeah, we should. I mean, uh, this was um, this is actually just an interview with me and Tyler. Um, it was recorded. Um, just before I went on paternity, actually. So um, apologies if there's any sort of time discrepancy stuff. If we've talked about something that's now happened or anything like that, but um, yeah, it was it was really good. It was um, the first chat I'd had with someone in real life for however many <laughs> however many weeks. Um, so I met up with Tyler and we and we had a little rundown of what him and uh, him and the Outrunners as a charity and what the work that they do. So um, yeah, have a listen. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio 
Our guest this week is Tyler Williams Green, who has taken the running club he started for a few friends, the Outrunners, and turned it into a charity focused on showing how running can unify and elevate communities and help achieve equality. Tyler, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you for having me, Ben. How did you start running? How did you get into it? Oh, how did I start running? So I guess sort of being physically active was something that didn't really come natural to me at like a young age. Um, But I kind of started getting into running probably from about the age of like 21. So I kind of got into fitness quite, quite late on. Um, And, you know, my dad was a a personal trainer and he had a, um, like a circuit training class um, that, that, that I went to. And then I kind of started going to the gym and then I kind of found myself spending most of my time on the treadmill or the cross trainer, just doing like loads and loads of cardio. Um, so I kind of got to a point where I was like, why am I paying for a gym membership? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm literally just like running for an hour on the treadmill. I can just like do this outside. Um, so I kind of transitioned to, to running on the road basically, and just like going for runs and just putting on some tunes and just getting out there and just running around the streets of, of Labrick Grove. Um, so yeah, so that's how I kind of originally, um, got into running. And then I sort of, I was trying to find a running club and I was having a look around and I, um, found Run Them Crew West. So I started going to that which was based in Paddington Rec and that was on like a Monday so I started going there and I was going there for a few years and then after some time I started like leading the groups and yeah and then did a coaching course and that's how I kind of fell into more sort of community group group running really. It's not so you're sort of like your journey kind of started off just like a little bit like get fit and then you found the running group you were well run them and then you were yeah. sort of like work you know and then you saw you saw that there was like a potential there yeah like you wanted to do more with it so how did yeah. how did the coaching come up like so the, so the coaching happened so i um when one of the coaches couldn't for instance sort of come to run them crew and coach i would like start leading the groups and um one of the group leaders ellie she offered to sort of like paved me to do a coaching course, uh, which I did and I started and I did that with England Athletics and that was a, I originally did the LERF, which is leadership in running. Um, and then I did the CURF, which is coaching in running um, fitness. And when you do that course, you have to basically sort of have case studies of people that you're coaching. So I started just coaching a few friends that were doing the London Marathon. And then they were basically like, can you still can you still do some stuff with us? So then I was just like, okay, I'll just sort of start my own my own mini running club. Um, and at that point, Run Them West had finished, so I was you know still up for kind of like lead, leading a group. So I just started that. Just started the Outrunners with a with a couple of mates basically. Yeah. With like three of us, just me running them around Victoria Park, <laughs> just shouting at them. So, that, so, so outrunners, so outrunners, because we'll get into outrunners in a minute, because it's now morphed into this, yeah. this great thing that's far reaches far beyond running. But 
it was it was kind of almost off the I guess as you say it was off the back of, a, of some people just requesting that you do more yeah rather than sort of like I'm doing this because I want yeah. a run club it was just kind of yeah, like people it, it literally was just um, my really good friend Laura and Tori um, it started off with with them and then Tori invited one of her mates and then he invited one of his mates and then it just kind of has just grown and morphed into being you know like a a proper running club um but yeah it was never like hey uh, I want to kind of like set up and just like have a running club it was kind of like just getting a group of friends together and then that's just sort of like spiraled into into more more people wanting to join and you know either seeing us out on runs or you know seeing an Instagram post and then just like asking if they can join um yeah that's how it kind of came about it was just sort of like a real a real natural evolution um, which has kind of made it feel quite nice. It kind yeah. of feels like it's just been like really org- like organic, um, which which I quite like. How do you see the running club side of things now? I guess something that has been quite a you know sort of thing that we've had to had to try and develop or try and figure out where we fit in in terms of you know positioning ourselves as a running club because I think that lots of different running clubs obviously have their own their own different style and their own image and their own way that they want to kind of sort of be seen. Um, But we haven't really ever fitted into any of those in terms of, you know, we're very much a running club, which, you know, when people come to the running club, it's like high intensity training. Mm. But then there's this whole community side of things which runs alongside of it. Which, which probably takes up a lot more time than actually the actual running club because the running club is only, you know, like normally an hour and a half a week. Yeah. All of the community stuff that we do is like, you know, a lot more. Um, so it's kind of like looking or just sort of, you know, seeing where we fall in that kind of positioning like as a running club, um, which has been something that, you know, I've kind of been sort of thinking about and I guess trying to at points try and mould ourselves to be like other running clubs but actually now getting to a point in being comfortable in the fact that we just maybe need to just sit completely somewhere else it's like a completely different type of like running club um but that's you know something that um has sort of been a thought and we've been kind of like working with and developing and trying to figure out really yeah, definitely. Because the there's so many sort of like predetermined notions of what a running club is, right? Exactly. And, and that's evolved even in the last, you know, your traditionalist running club that's probably been going for like 100 years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, You know, yeah. sort of, you know, old dudes in vests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. you, sort of, you know, that sort of level. And then, you know, with with, with what Charlie Dark was doing with Rundem yeah. and like, you know, how that urban scene grew yeah. and... And how that in itself is like an evolution of the running club, right? Definitely, and a really important evolution. Yeah. Because, you know, that really kind of got a lot of people of colour into running, you know, because it was seen as something that maybe necessarily wasn't wasn't for people that lived in the city that were, you know, from an ethnic minority. So, um, but yeah, definitely, you know, the you know, as you say, that evolution of like running clubs and how they develop. Um, but I guess it's kind of just like, you know, you know, each running club is important to that group of people for some reason. Yeah. And I guess it's, you know, it's really good that, you know, we've got to a stage where there is 
a running club which will suit your need, you know? Um, mm. And I think over the last two, you know, couple of years, you're seeing more and more pop up, um, you know, which, which, which caters to those needs. Um, you know, whether, you know, you know, you could be looking for a running club, which is um, for like Muslim people. And now there is one, you know, which is like really, really, you know, important and inclusive. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be that actually you're a woman and you don't necessarily want to run with like men, you know, yeah. there's like more women, you know, running clubs. Um, you know, I even know of a running club that was set up in Hackney last year for the queer community. You know, I kind of like, yeah. I feel like it's really, really important to to also have those spaces where people feel like it's inclusive. That's super important. It's that, it's that safe space. Yeah, definitely. To be your whole self, which is a great, yeah. which is the conversation which I've, I've been having with people is that certainly from, from people of colour or, or black or Asian, sort of if they join a running club that is predominantly white or certainly not of a matched ethnic mm. grouping or gender or mm. sexuality mm. or whatever, you know, grouping. Yeah. It's difficult to be your complete self. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of the time you want to be with people that look like you. You know, that's just, you know, I think that's just, you know, especially if you're from from a minority group, you know, you 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 want to feel like it's, you know, like a community that 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 you have lived those same experiences mm. um but I guess kind of looking at you know where where we fall into that kind of like you know that wide range of amazing sort of different running clubs that are over there you know um we you know the, the running club is definitely a running club that you know for people who want to train hard the sessions are hard it's all interval training mm. hill sprints tempo runs you know quite high intensity core sessions but then there is that aspect of people that want to give back to the local community and want to have, you know, um, programs which 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 they can give their time to do. Um, so that's kind of where we've sort of positioned ourselves in. It's still hard. You're still going to get completely beasted <laughs> on a Tuesday. But there's also, you know, you can also volunteer on like a youth running club, and you can also, you know, use your your skills and your contacts to give back to kids which might necessarily have access to those skills or those contacts. So. That's where we. That's where we now stand. My 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 running journey has been quite a selfish endeavour. If I look at in comparison to what you're what you're doing with the outrunners, like people use running for their own personal betterment. Brilliant. That's a great way of using running. But yeah. you've kind of like escalated that. Yeah. So the outrunners uh, obviously started as a as a running club, but now it does so many different things. So yeah. like, give me a rundown. Wow. So yeah. So I think um, I think there are definitely people that come to the run club that are definitely chasing, you know, those those PBs. And I think you know the running club is still quite a strenuous class. We do a lot of tempo training, um, but in terms of all of the community stuff that we do, that again has kind of been like quite a natural progression. I mean, I've always worked in the charity sector, so I've always worked for either social services or or as a youth worker or with. Um, young people who are at risk of being expelled from school um, but alongside that I've had a running club so I've kind of had these two things kind of running kind of alongside each other but not really meshing them together and then I think just through more and more people joining the running club they were just quite interested in what I was doing and they were like oh so you work for a charity and you work with young people and 
you know, they would kind of say things like, you know, I really want to do something to give back to the local community, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. Um, so we just started off with some really, really kind of like simple one-off community runs. So I think the first one that we did was we ran to um, a food bank. So we literally just like met up at our normal meeting spot. Everybody had some rack sacks. We went to a shop and we just like ran them to a food bank that was giving out food to some homeless shelters. Um, and then everybody got a bit of a, you know, a taste for that and they really enjoyed it. So um, they wanted to do some, something else. So the, we then arranged a 10k race and we raised money for um, Alzheimer's research and for a mental health charity. Mm. Um, and we managed to raise about six grand for that. Um, was that so, one yeah, it was the one that you did. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. We got to vote, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know, we then started kind of like then thinking about um, as a as a crew what we can do that has more of an ongoing, lasting impact, um, and can kind of work towards building a sort of more community cohesion. Um, and, you know, the ideas that we came up with sort of moving on from that was setting up a, a youth running club where um, our runners would be trained up to deliver a youth running programme to local um, young people across Hackney and also a career sort of mentoring event um, because we found that the majority of our runners are young professionals doing really well, have got amazing companies, really good jobs, um, but lots of you know local kids from Hackney don't have access to those opportunities or those careers so we then put together our run your career event um and we are on our we just did our third one um so that's how it's kind of like morphed and again that was quite a natural kind of thing that just kind of evolved I don't think I ever kind of sat there and thought I want to have a community driven running club it just sort of evolved and you know able to kind of bring two things that that i enjoy and love which is running and you know sort of doing things to benefit the development of young people no i mean i was uh very lucky to be invited along to the last career event and 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 talk to some some very talented and, and ambitious young people definitely yeah and uh yeah so it's a, it was a great event and it was really eye-opening in terms of um, I mean, I remember being a kid and like the idea of like going somewhere and approaching a total stranger and being like, I'm very interested in a career in, do you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? It, yeah. it, for these kids were just like all over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The kids are, you know, their enthusiasm is absolutely ridiculous and just like so inspirational. The fact mm -hmm. that they are, you know, they're, they're, they're so switched on um, at quite a young age. Um, and yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, it's, it's really, really empowering when they have that that drive, but then they have the opportunity alongside of it. And, you know, unfortunately, at the moment, we live in a world where, you know, if, you, if you're from a particular background, you don't necessarily have the same opportunities as someone from a different, more privileged background. Um, so, you know, this is an opportunity to 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 give young people that don't have access to people like yourselves for instance mm. um to have conversations around how they got into that that career 
pathway and the steps that they've taken um and also you know potentially have like mentoring opportunities with with those people um i think you know what's what's been really interesting is that you know our last career event we had around 129 um young people who turned up in the pouring rain mm-hmm. um but you know there were 80 percent sort of black or you know asian minority groups um so you know it's it's really important for for sort of you know black and asian kids to be able to have those opportunities to meet with people or have a you know a contact with a company that they wouldn't normally be able to get into just through like access yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So how does it, I mean, in terms of how you've put together these things, how does the outreach side of it, how do you reach these kids to begin with? Um, yeah, so with the career event, um, we did loads of outreach to different schools. So we approached loads of schools across Hackney and that's something that the running club helps with. So everybody kind of like chips in and kind of doing bits of outreach. Um, we approached local youth groups and community centres and just basically said we're putting on this career event. Can you let your kids know? Can you bring them down? Um, and kind of, you know, what what we noticed, which is really good, sort of just doing our last career event just before lockdown is, you know, the young people are bringing their friends, which is making the outreach a lot easier. You know, we, we've, you know, we've seen, you know, a kid that came to the first career event, they're coming to the second one and they're bringing a mate and then that mate is bringing a mate. So it's actually, you know, if it's something that the that the kids see the benefit of and it's a good event which they're going to, you know, gain experience and opportunity. They sort of, the outreach kind of happens for you, which yeah. is, which is, you know, we're kind of getting to a point where, where that's happening, which is, which is, which is really good because it means that the kids value it. You know, yeah. kids, if they don't like something, they pretty much, they just don't turn up. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> you know, so... <laughs> a lot of the kids I met at the career stuff, you know, sport and running particularly was was part of what they were looking to to do as a further career. So I mean, when you 
when you're meeting with the kids and you're talking about the run because you have a youth running program yeah. too right yeah yeah how, how have you seen the tie-in with sort of like running and, and fitness and and, <clears throat> and and ambition you know like have you seen that taking taking the learnings that you get from running and coaching mm. running the discipline and the, the commitment yeah. and all that sort of stuff do you find that that has a massive impact in like how the kids react to definitely i mean i think with our youth running club i think what what we noticed is um kids don't really understand the whole idea around like pacing yeah. um so a lot of what we've had to do is kind of get them to understand the whole idea around like pacing and also you know working around sort of like you know like working with their endurance and understanding that it's going to take time to develop that skill um and you know when we're coaching it's the communication side of things um and the idea of you know training for an event um yeah like those things are 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 really important and it's an applicable skill yeah it's an applicable skill and it's a it's definitely a skill that they can take into adult life and then there is like a direct mentoring side of what the club yeah. does right as well yeah like one-to-one -one kind of mentoring yeah so we've got we've got a few different men mentoring programs um one of them is sort of leading on from the run your career event we match young people with mentoring opportunities within companies so we use a lot of the um sort of um contacts from the running club to make links with companies so we send young people down for mentoring opportunities within those companies um to give them access to companies that they wouldn't normally have access to and then we offer monthly mentoring sessions where a young person could learn about the fashion industry so we had a um a runner called rachel who um works quite high up in a fashion brand and she's been doing a once a month mentoring program with a group of young people um but then we also offer kind of like more sort of like social mentoring mm. so we've just recently matched one of our runners with um a young person that's like having some difficulties at school and he just meets up with him once a week and goes for a run and just checks in hangs out and you know sort of takes yeah. him for like a soft drink just to have that kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just sort of having that like weekly that like weekly check-in i think that this is this sort of thing comes in because you we i took part in a 10k that you guys organized which was centered around mental health and i think mm. that the great power of running that we've discussed on this podcast before is that it's a great uh running is a great um sort of asset for for, for sort of like uh enabling someone to take control of their own mental health and Definitely. being and being more positive about sort of stuff so again i think that sort of ed educating the young on young people that it's not about being the fastest or being right, yeah. like the best runner or it's actually that a half an hour run can help with your problems completely and i think also the idea of training for something can actually completing something yeah so we had lots of of the youth outrunners who were really nervous about doing the race and they didn't think that they could do it you know we kind of just like really really encouraged them that it wasn't you know even if you like walk part of the race mm. just finishing it it's just like a really really massive achievement for you and you know they all finished it and they were all like you know when are we going to do the next race when are we going to do the next race and you know that's how you you get young people into running it's that kind of like gradual progression mm. um and i think you know having that race and having that medal 
will then inspire them to do more running. But also from a, you know, from the, you know, from the side of the adult running club, you know, all of our runners get so much from running, but they also get so much from being able to give back to their local community, mm. um, which, you know, there's lots of mental health studies showing that, you know, running and exercise improves your mental health, but also giving back and doing something positive to benefit your local community also has, you know, massive positive effects on, on, on your mental health. Also, you know, around the whole idea around community cohesion, you know, what we found is that the majority of people that come from our running club are young professionals, but the young people that come from our, that come to our career event and to our youth running club are sort of, you know, local kids from ethnic mi minorities. So, you know, it's kind of like bringing those groups together, which is really, really important because, you know, for instance, we've got, um, you know, like a, a barrister who, you know, is now running a running program and volunteering on a running program with a young person that just lives down the road from her but she would not you know previously may never have had a conversation with her mm. or known her name yeah. or you know they would have never have had those sorts of interactions but now they know each other and if they're on the bus they'll say hello to each other if they're walking down the road they'll say hello to one another and you know that that idea of community cohesion is like really really important and that's something that we've really started to see happening mm. um and I think, yeah, having the 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 race when we did the big London half, um, you know, we had loads of our volunteers, our young people and the families, you know, like kind of trying to get to the race together and helping each other down flights and stairs with buggies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's that kind of idea of bringing people together, which I think is really important and has massive benefits. Especially now. I mean, it's especially if you take the climate that we, we're currently living in. Yeah. Where, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a great, um, there's obviously like a, a huge divide in the world in terms of, you know, the way that people are being treated due to the colour of their skin and, yeah. and, and the Black Lives Matter movement and mm -hmm. how all those things are sort of, you know, that, that, that's far reaching. It reaches into running and it reaches far beyond running. And yeah. I think that like the bringing together of community is, is the fundamental part of, of, like, of, of, of steps towards equality. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's, you know, because your background is completely different to someone else's, it doesn't mean that you need to be divided. It's, you know, if you can kind of see the benefit in understanding that you may be from a more privileged position and that you can do something and you seek something to help benefit someone that is from a less privileged position, that that can actually be really beneficial and quite a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, that's, you know, a prime example of, of that is our career event. You know, we've got career advisors who, you know, are doing really, really well in their careers. And that could be, you know, that could be due to privilege and opportunity. But then them having an understanding and wanting to give that opportunity to someone else, um, you know, from 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 their local community, um, I think is 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 really important. And, you know can be a positive thing in that sense if you do something with that and you have an understanding of it mm. yeah i think that's that's the only positive of it to be honest yeah. isn't it like yeah. if you understand mm. you have it and you use it to benefit those without it yeah it's the, it's the only thing you can you can yeah. do actively to to pr progress everyone right exactly exactly yeah. exactly um how does how does a running club exist during lockdown then how's the running club wow so yeah i mean obviously it was a bit of a 
was a bit of a, a bit of a change. Um, so in terms of the running club, um, the adult running club, we were just setting loads of challenges. So we had loads of fun challenges that people could do on their own. So ones like, you know, run to the shard or block sprints. We set up kind of like little scavenger hunts for people. Um, but we also encouraged quite a lot of like um, sort of community stuff, like, you know, community COVID relief stuff. Um, so we set up a database of different food banks that needed um, sort of food donations. Um, so the runners could, you know, leave their house, go to a shop and run, you know, some food donations to these different food banks. Um, we also partnered with quite a few different local community centres and we've been doing food deliveries. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so we'll... Um, help pack up the food and deliver them to vulnerable families across Hackney. Um, and also some of our runners have been calling elderly vulnerable people who are like self, self-isolating. Mm. Um, but then, you know, alongside that, just like lots of challenges to get people out and like, you know, running um, on their own. Um, Strava has been like a big, <laughs> a big thing. Like Strava, you know, Strava leaderboards and and and, and stuff like that. Um, but more recently, now that we've been able to come back, we're kind of like splitting the sessions and meeting up in in smaller socially distanced groups. You were, we were talking about this, <laughs> we talking about this earlier, and you're having to do so many. You're like knackered. You've been having to do so many like little groups. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Before it would just be like one hour and a half session, but now it's like you know two or three sessions, and then having to be as bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> For like each one, it's like, I've just run like 10k, I've got to do it again. But it's like, you know, <laughs> but it's fine. I'm hoping Boris will let us out in bigger groups to run soon. Because it's, it's six at the moment, right? Max is six people. It's six at the moment, yeah. So it's um, a trainer and five runners. So, yeah. yeah. It's doable, but it's not ideal, right? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, it's not. So the Outrunners has now also got charity status. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you just run us through like how first of all how how easy is it to get charity status, and then what is what is the out what is the outrunners like program as a charity? What does that mean? Yeah. So wow. So I mean, getting charitable status was um was it was was challenging. It took a bit of time, yeah. <laughs> lots of back and forth with the charity commission. But you know, it's really really important that you you know they do all of their diligence yeah. and um yeah um. You know, it's kind of like lots of putting things like safeguarding policies in place and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we've got the right board of trustees and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it took us about nine months from start to finish, yeah. uh, but totally worth it because we just kind of, you know, um, in terms of like access to like funding and making sure that we've got all the right policies and procedures in place, it's, it just like makes like a huge difference. Um, but yeah, so we became a charity about three months ago. Um, and what, what's been really, really amazing is actually how we've used the skills of the running club to make that happen. Yeah. So for instance, we've got a social worker who comes to the running club and he's sort of, you know, our lead safeguarding lead for like the, you know, for, for the charity. And we've got somebody who does fundraising for another organisation. So he's taking lead on our fundraising strategy. Um, we've got, you know, an administrative director of another company and she kind of like helps with all of the, 
the admin side of things and getting all of our policies and procedures in place. So it's really like, you know, what's what's really um, beautiful and inspiring is kind of seeing, is being able to use the skills and experience of the crew to actually create a running, working charity um, that's just purely done on like a, like a voluntary, a voluntary sort of... Yeah, no, maximising the skill set, right? Just exactly. whoever's involved, what can you do? All right, this means we can cover this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take it yeah. there. No, I think yeah. it's super interesting because... I think more and more people, so like obviously Good Gym do a similar thing, right? Mm. They're, you know, they're, they're sort of, sort of a social enterprise outreach sort of thing. And I think that the power of running to do these things, um, you can do all this stuff without being a charity. Obviously, you, you, that's what you guys have done previously. But I think that, that that's the sort of the next step up from just like how powerful running can be in terms of bringing people together and then using those skills to sort of like, now be a fundraiser, like now raising funds, you know, like yeah. benefiting well, I mean, the community and, and everything else that you guys raise money for. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you know, we have been having meetings with, um, there's a commissioning group um, that's been arranged through Hackney Young Futures and they've done a big massive commissioning report. They've got a group of young people to do a massive commissioning report across how they feel about sort of like living in Hackney. And, you know, they've said that our career event that we put on is what they want to see more of and the fact that you know we've been kind of like um sort of used as a career event for young people good practice example and the fact that that's been arranged and set up by a running club is like pretty you know it's pretty like impressive you know (laughs) like like the crew's done so well to get to to a stage where you know Hackney Council and young people across Hackney are saying that, you know, we want to see more of this and, you know, they're really enjoying it and they're benefiting from it. You know, that's great, but the fact that it's been done through a running club and, you know, us all coming together to do that is just even more powerful. And what's the, so the future plans? Bigger and better? Bigger and better, yeah. So, going to try and grow the numbers um, of our career event. We had about 129 people at our last event, so going to try and grow numbers on that and I think one of the things that we really want to do is not just have the career event as a standalone thing so we currently have 30 young people on different career mentoring programs but we want to make sure that you know at the next event we maybe have like 80 young people that have like some kind of mentoring experience after the career event and just growing those numbers and making sure that you know we're kind of giving more opportunity to young people across Hackney and across the rest of London, really. Yeah. How does how does anyone find out more about The Outrunners? Um, you can go to theoutrunners.co.uk or you can find us on our Instagram handle at The Outrunners um, Charity. Um, and yeah, obviously the kids that we work with in Hackney face quite a lot of like, you know, sort of real challenges, um, some of which Black Lives Matters um, has been really excellent at like raising. Um but we want to be able to make a difference to their health, well-being and future prospects opportunities through fitness and career opportunities. So, you know, even the smallest donation makes a big difference, um, especially at a time when a lot of families are struggling through COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can definitely, you know, um, come and take part, join the running club, get involved in our career events or make a donation. Like it all really, really helps. Well, Tyler, thanks, mate. Thanks so You're much welcome. for coming in. Uh, this is this is my first real in real life conversation <laughs> with someone since since lockdown has started. So it's been it's been absolutely 
fantastic to actually physically see someone that I'm talking to. Yeah, no, it's been great. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast, so very, cool. very, very excited. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Tyler Williams-Green, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you again next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.